Hello and welcome back. My name is Katie Shepard and this is the AHA Homeschool Podcast and I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I had a couple weeks off to go on um, a really nice family vacation in our camper and traveling around a couple different states and seeing some historic sites and going to the beach and it was uh, a really, really, really nice break right before we you know, jump full into school and activities and, and, um, but now I'm back and I'm excited to dig in with you guys for this school year. Hopefully at this point, if you're homeschooling that, um, you've started your school year, um, maybe you're listening to this and you're still not sure if you're ready to, to, you know, jump all in to take that leap of faith to, to homeschool. And, and I hope to encourage you this year and walk with you in this journey of educating our children and doing the work that the Lord has called us to. So today's episode is inspired from a conversation I had with my friend Erica. She sent me a really great question. And before I dig into her question, my answer to her question, first, I want to tell you to stop trying to figure it all out. As we have this thing as humans that when we start something, we want to know exactly how it's all going to plan out, right? I mean, how many of you have already, like maybe you have a first grader, but you've already thought about maybe what you're going to do in high school with your kids or what you're going to do in middle school. How many of us have have thought pretty far down the road about, oh, what curriculum would be fun to do. And I want to do that sometime. We all do that because we're homeschooling moms and the resources out there are amazing. And we want to do everything. But I have to tell you, you have to stop trying to figure it all out. You have to stop planning the rest of your kid's whole educational career right now today. And when I say this to you, I want you to know that I am just as much saying this to you as I am to me. Just yesterday, I was telling my husband about this plan I have for for some things for our daughter in high school, and she's a freshman, and I was kind of planning out the rest of her high school career, and he was like, I think you should just focus on right now, like this next week, and, and I had to take take a step back and take a breather, and, and I really appreciated his wisdom in that moment. He's right. I need to just be in the moment with my kids today. Um, so my friend Erica is working through book one of story of the world with her girls, her youngest two. And it's for those of you who have not ever looked at story of the world book one, it's ancient history up to the birth of Jesus. And it's, it's a phenomenal curriculum. I love it. My kids love it. It's, I enjoy reading it. I learn, I learn from it. Um, and she said to me, she said, okay, we're doing, we're doing ancient history, story of the world. And I have all these read alouds and all this, these literature resources that I want to do with it. And I want to make it all line up. And she's like, how do I like, how do I make it all line up? And how do I make it work? And it's going to take too much time. And I don't have this much time. And, and I could feel her angst because I've been there and I, I frequently do this myself is that there are really so many good living books. There are so many good resources. 
that sometimes we see it and we just, we want to do it all for our children because we, as homeschool moms, care deeply about our children and their education. And we want their education to just be full, right? But that's, we can't do everything. Even when you're a homeschool mom and you have your kids home all day long, you still cannot do everything with them. It wouldn't be healthy for you. It wouldn't be healthy for them. They probably wouldn't learn as much as you wanted them to if you were shoving all the stuff at them. And um, it would probably damage your relationship with your kids. We don't homeschool for those reasons, right? We homeschool for very different reasons, but we still want our kids to get all the information. So it's about it's about finding that balance. So so what I told my friend Erica was you can't. You can't do it all. You can't make it line up. It will never work. And if you try to make it work, not only are you going to feel like you're failing, you're going to miss the moments with your kids right now. And this idea of trying to fit it all in and, and, and needing to know, you know, all the steps, right? Like when, when the Lord calls us to something, he doesn't give us the first 200 steps, right? He gives us like the first two. Um, you know, when the Lord called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, he didn't say like, you're going to go and you're going to see Pharaoh and you're going to have this staff and there's going to be snakes and then there's going to be these plagues and you're going to lead your people out and you're going to feel fear because the army is going to chase you. And then there's, you're going to part the Red Sea and you're not going to understand, you know, the Lord didn't, the Lord didn't do that. The Lord just said, I need you to go to Egypt. And Moses was like, what me? No, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you can't mean me Lord. And so the point I think from that story is that we just have to follow where the Lord has us today. And, and sometimes it's homeschool moms. We, you know, we have to have a plan for tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's totally realistic. You're allowed to make blessed plans for a week, maybe. Um, but don't plan out too far because if, if you plan out too far, you start to feel if there's a day that everybody needs a mental health day, or if there's a day you decide to take a spontaneous field trip or decide to close the books and do learning a different way. If you plan too far ahead, when you, when you take a spontaneous day off, a fun day off, when you go on a field trip or something like that, then you start to feel behind. You're like, you're, you're mentally, you say to yourself, oh, we were supposed to get this done. Now we're not on track and now we're behind. And there is, there is no such thing as behind in homeschool. There's just you and your children and, and today and tomorrow and, and what you're going to learn. And I would say to you that this idea of needing to line everything up, needing to fit in all the resources, this idea of being frozen, like unable to move forward because we can't pick the right resources, this idea of planning out too far comes from a spirit of fear, fear that we won't get it right, fear that we'll fail our children, fear, fear that we won't pick the right resources. If you have four books to read and, and you can only pick one to your kids, 
you have this fear that like, what if I don't pick the right one? Fear that we'll leave something important out. Fear that we won't say it quite right and our kids will be completely messed up forever, right? I, I want to tell you, I think I think all homeschool moms have felt that those things in to some degree or another. And fear stops forward movement. When we get frozen in fear, it stops us from moving forward. Fear is absolutely the enemy. God does not give us a spirit of fear. You are doing the Lord's work by educating your children at home, right? Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Um, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen, you know, talks about um, commit yourself wholeheartedly to these words of mine, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. You are doing the Lord's work by educating your children within your home. And when you are doing the Lord's work, the enemy is going to attack you because he doesn't want us to be moving closer to God and closer to his plan for us. The enemy very much wants to pull us away from those things. So yeah, the enemy is going to attempt to give us a spirit of fear. And for some of us, the only way he's going to make us fearful is that that we're failing our children or we're not fitting in all the resources or we haven't figured it all out or we haven't planned the rest of all of their education, right? Those are all fears. And when, you're, when your brain power is going towards those fears, then your brain power is also not doing something that it could be doing instead, like interacting with your children or just reading a book to them or being present in the moment, right? In Philippians, we hear the verse, pray about everything, worry about nothing. And when we worry, when we have that spirit of fear, it really does it really does keep us frozen in the moment. And it really does distract us from wherever God has us right now today. So I want to give you some verses to encourage you to just really be present in the moment with your kids and not worry about the curriculum that's coming or getting in all the right resources or getting off track, any of those things. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and show you the way to go. Proverb 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Just trust that he has you here today, right where you're supposed to be. And then tomorrow morning, wake up, do your quiet time, set your eyes on Jesus. And tomorrow morning, trust in the Lord with all your heart that he will lead you, that he will guide you. And I know some of you will say to me, well, that's all good and well, but really seriously, like, how do I, how do I pick all the resources? <laughs> and I hear you. While the Lord will guide us in all things, we do have to use, you know, the judgment he's given us, the fruits of the spirit that we've been given 
to make decisions. And what I would tell you is to take it one day at a time. Just worry about today. Whenever I plan something out too far, it inevitably fails, with especially with homeschool, because I can't predict how my kids are going to do. Last week, one day, I thought I had planned a, a full day of school, which for us is three to four hours tops. Um, and it was, it was, we usually start school around 830 in the morning. That's when we do our morning basket. It's about 45 minutes for us. So we're digging in with, um, with sitting down and some books and subjects and those kinds of things around 915 usually. Um, and we were done by 1130 (laughs) and, you know, I, I was like, okay, that just happened. And I didn't add anything extra in because we did everything that I had planned. But I was kind of like, you know, my initial reaction was, oh, I didn't plan enough today or I didn't plan well. And then I had to pause and say, no, you planned great. Now the kids have free time to go to go play outside and to learn by playing a board game. And you know what my kids did? They played a board game together. The boys played outside and they were practicing their whittling skills. My um, my teenage daughter got her computer out and started working on a novel, or not started, but continued working on a novel she's writing. And those are all really, really good things for them. We were still learning. and And sometimes... We just need to remember to take it one day at a time. And then we need to remember to adjust when needed. That sometimes there was there was another day recently, probably last week, maybe, maybe the week before we went on vacation, um, that we got to a point after we had finished, we had done everything but our chemistry. And they were all done. We had not, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a scenario where we had worked too long or too many hours or hadn't taken enough breaks. We had done all those things, but I could just tell they were all done. And I really felt convicted that if I keep going, if I force them to check off chemistry today, they're probably not going to learn as much if I just wait until tomorrow. And it's, it's just one subject and it's just one day. Now, obviously, you can't cancel chemistry for a month or two. That's not going to work. We still have to be, we still have to be teaching and engaging and learning these subjects and learning how the world works. But it's totally okay to adjust when needed. They're your kids. It's your homeschool. Use the conviction and the discernment God has given you and adjust when you need it. I would tell you to add in the best resources and let go of the rest. And I know this is really difficult to narrow down what the best is. Um, My kids and I are going to be doing a deep dive into the Revolutionary War during our second semester of this school year. And I am addicted to literature and good living historical fiction. I'm addicted to it because 
I learn from it. When I read a historical fiction about the Civil War, or the Revolutionary War, or World War II, or whatever, I just soak it up. And I feel like those books teach me and the kids so much about what it was like to live during these times. And so I already have a problem because my, the pile of books, the pile of literature I want to read to my kids during our Revolutionary War unit is too big. It, it, I know it's too big. And I was, I was just looking at them today and I was telling myself, you have to pick one and start there and then maybe have a second one for when you finish the first. And you just, I told myself, I was like, you're just going to have to stick with two. And if by some miracle we get through those two and we still have energy and effort and we want to do another one, then maybe maybe I will. But I'm not going to plan for the five books that I have on hand. I'm only going to plan for two because I don't want to overwhelm myself and I don't want to overwhelm my kids. And whenever us adults feel like we have too much to get through, we try to push our kids too much, I think. You know, when that checklist is too long of subjects to check off or books to read, um, sometimes we push our kids to move faster and faster and faster because in the back of our mind, we're trying to get through more and more and more. And that doesn't do anyone any good. Um, That especially doesn't do your children any good. The way their brains develop, they cannot handle that. So add in the best and let go of the rest. And it's hard. It's hard, hard, hard to do. What I would tell you is those those extra books I have, for example, um, add those extra books in as required literature the following school year or the school year after. And I suggested that to my friend Erica, who, who said, I just, I have all these books I want to read to them about ancient history, and I don't know how to fit it all in. It's just, it's so much reading. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I know. There's just so many, there's so many good resources, right? And and I told her, I was like, your girls are young. They're, they're in elementary school. You have a really long time to educate them. Set the other books aside that you have, the ones that you think are fantastic resources, but you don't have time for, and let your girls read them on their own or make it a required literature in a year or in two years or in three years. And, and, you know, she said to me, well, yeah, okay, I hear you, but, but then we're not doing it at the same time and it might not line up in their minds. And guys, I have to tell you. Kids will fill it in with their memories. And actually, that's one of our jobs as their homeschool mom or dad, homeschool teacher, however you want to look at it. It's our job to facilitate their memories filling in. You know, their their brains are like filing cabinets and so are ours, right? And we, we file things away and as we learn new things, we get to decide, you know, which which place in your brain to file it in. And we get to help our kids build those filing cabinets. So we can, we can do this simply with discussion. Um, If, you know, if you're reading a book in two years, that is about something you learned this year, then all you have to do is just give them that verbal cue. Oh, this is, this happened in that time of 
Julius Caesar and ancient Rome. And remember when we were reading about this, that, you know, this all happened at the same time. And then you're helping your kids make those connections and file those, those bits of knowledge together. You're helping build their, um, their educational portfolio, you know, their, their knowledge and what they know, their knowledge of the world. And, and I would tell you that, that they can't learn everything in elementary school. Their brains grow as they get older. And as they get older, they become more mature and they can take in more mature content. So really, if we waited to teach our kids things until we could give them everything, we would have to wait until they were like high school to cover everything because there is some content that is more mature that they are not ready to take in until their brains have grown a little bit. And so you learn a little bit of ancient history in elementary school and a little bit more in middle school and a little bit more in high school. And every time you come back to it, you help your kids, you help them file it in the right place. You help them make the connections. Another really great resource for this is a timeline and just keep a constant timeline of their education. There's all kinds of resources online. Um, or you could do your own, you could do a notebook if you wanted and just, just help them file the events in order so they can see the bigger picture. And it, and it's, and it's a timeline you'll be adding to for their entire education. So just keep adding to it, right? That's, that's what we get to do. We just get to keep adding to it. And I would tell you to encourage you, um, my daughter read a book called The Bronze Bow, and it's just, it's, it's a fantastic ancient history Christian resource, uh, book, historical fiction. And, um, in one of the things we learned while we were reading through that was, um, that the, the Jewish would, would sometimes, um, like kiss their fingers and then touch it to basically a piece of parchment. Um, I think I'm going to pronounce this right. My apologies if, if I butchered it. It's the mezuzah, I believe. And they, so they would kiss their fingers and touch it. And um, it on the mezuzah written up would be a scroll. So it would be in this, the scroll would be like wound up in this box and the box would be right on the door frame as you exit your house and um, rolled on the scroll written down are verses from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy and, you know, sort of the, the wisdom behind it was that, you know, you're remembering to keep God's word on your lips and as part of your character as you go out into the world. And, um, that was a cool piece of history we learned and we kind of, you know, filed it away in her filing cabinet. And then we were watching a month or two later, we were watching the chosen together and there was an episode where Jesus does that. He kisses his fingers. He touches the box on his way out the door and he leaves him. And, and my daughter was like, oh my gosh, pause it. And she was so excited because she saw that and she knew right away what it was. She recognized it right away from what she had read. So she was able to make those connections. And I would encourage you that your kids can make those connections. And sometimes we just get to facilitate that. We get to help them we get to help them make those connections over time, which means that just pick the one book that you're excited about the most with ancient history to read with your ancient history unit 
and the rest of the books that you find about ancient history, read to your kids next year or assign it as literature in two years. They will be able to file it all in. They will be able to put it all together, especially with your, with your guidance. And I think it's important to remember, and Sarah McKenzie says this so well in her book, Teaching from Rest. She says, if God expected you to get 36 hours worth of work done in a day, he would have given you 36 hours to do it. If you have more to do than time to do it in, the simple fact is this. Some of what you are doing isn't on his agenda for you. One of the best quotes I've read, one of the most encouraging things I think could that could ever be said to a homeschool mother. And I'll read it to you again. If God expected you to get 36 hours worth of work done in a day, he would have given you 36 hours to do it. If you have more to do than time to do it in, the simple fact is this. Some of what you are doing isn't on his agenda. So simplify. Remind yourself that you don't have to do it all. Remind yourself that God doesn't want you to do it all. He just wants you to do what he has for you today. Our daily grind as homeschool moms is is holy ground. Even if you didn't get to that lesson or if you cut a book from the curriculum or your kids didn't get it today, you're still doing the Lord's work. And it's still the most important thing you can do is teach your kids scripture, teach them to write it on their hearts and teach them to love Jesus and point to Jesus and everything you do. And if you're doing that, it really doesn't matter if you miss a couple extra literature books or if you skip a lesson or if you didn't say it exactly right. Because at the end of the day, we want them to love Jesus. And that's more important than anything else. I hope that this message, I hope that this podcast, this episode has been encouraging to you. I hope that you can take it one day at a time and adjust when needed and add in the best resources and let go of the rest. Have a great day. Bye-bye.